Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mm, that's good. Mm. So let's see. Uh, today is, check the calendar, Tuesday, January 20. <laughs> see, and I still screwed it up. Today is Tuesday, January 12th. I wish it was the 21st because then we would be past inauguration. Um, we won't go into the whole political thing. Uh, there's plenty of that. It will no doubt be in the textbooks. Uh, all, all of the things. But um, here in my little world, things are good. I was, um, seems like I've been having to talk to several people, not having getting to talk to several people about uh, the the goings-on and saying, um, giving my advice on that. But before that, actually, lest I forget, like I did on Friday, uh, today's earrings are ones, I just love these earrings, um, and they show up in the big mess of my hair. And they are, they're not particularly, um, they're not any particular kind of jewel. I'm holding it up for the video crowd. They are, um, I think these are just glass beads, but it's catches the light. You've noticed, I like things that catch the light because I am basically a magpie. And my mom gave me these earrings uh, just a few years ago. And they are made by her neighbor in Tucson, Sasha, who has jewelry shows, sells jewelry out of her house. And um, these are among my favorite earrings to wear. The other thing that's cool about them is that the um, main stone, I want to call it a moonstone, and it's not, but it's like a cabochon shape and uh, has a lot of iridescence, but it's basically clear. And then there are some gold beads with like some little um, amethyst colored beads in it too. And the combination is great because I can wear it with either like a silver or gold thing. I feel like, um, the, uh, the radio or the TV go guy in, um, Notting Hill. No, not Notting Hill. Wow. My brain's not working this morning. Bridget Jones diary. There's similarities there, right? Where he's like, a go anywhere bracelet that you can wear with anything, anytime. <laughs> Could be my second career. The other cool thing that I have to show you guys um, is I got new socks from Dorinda, who is awesome. And I'm going to see if I can do a good job of showing you my socks, which is not easy. Maybe what I'll do is turn this around. That's what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn the camera around so that, no, can I do that on here? I think this will do it. Ah, now you can see my office. This is the way to do it. So look at these socks. <laughs> it looks like I have black and white cat's paws. Isn't that great? And they're very floofy and uh, comfy. I will put the photo on the, um, ah, <laughs> set down the tripod a little close. That was like, uh, oh, extreme close up. Um, I will put the photo 
on the podcast for those of you who can't see the video. But aren't those awesome? I just love them. She sent me two pairs. Uh, so there's the black and white ones I'm wearing. And then there are also these super cute uh, spotted ones. And they have little toesies, little jelly bean toes on the bottom. So this is bringing me joy right now. Whatever brings joy. In fact, I posted something to uh, Facebook and Twitter last night because I was sort of angsting about this thing that I was trying to decide if I should buy some books I already own in ebook, which I don't know that I've ever done this before, but I have had a Jones to reread uh, Jacqueline Carey's original Kushiel's legacy series, um, starting with Kushiel's Dart. I've been ending up bringing it up several times in coaching lately and uh, talking about it with uh, various authors. And one of the things about Kushiel's Dart is it is an amazing book and the trilogy is phenomenally well done. So that by the time you hit the climax in the third book, it is, um, everything is just so earned, but they're, they're thick books. There are those, um, you know, epic fantasy doorstops. And the other thing about them is that they are written in a different era, which, you know, it seems like it shouldn't be that different because it was like early nineties. But when I try to get people to read the books these days, they just cannot get through the beginning. And I end up telling people to like skip to skip the first hundred pages because the beginning is so slow. And I use it as an example with some writers when I'm trying to coach them through how to open a book, which is something we all struggle with, as I often talk about, that you can't, you can't judge by your old favorites because people will say things like, well, you know, in in the Lord of the Rings, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 you cannot start books the way people started books, even 20 years ago. Our attention span has changed so much. And you can't, if, if Jacqueline Carey wrote those books today as a new author, I don't think she'd be able to get away with that beginning. Uh, you know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. It is. So... It's, it's a good, it's a good example. It's a good lesson. But anyway, I've been trying, I was giving that advice recently to one of my author coaching people, and I was trying to tell him to skip the first, you know, whatever pages. And I thought, you know, I should figure out exactly what page number it is. So I started looking at the book again and developed a real Jones to reread it. And <laughs> but you know, it's a thick mass market paperback doorstop. And I like to read in bed at night. I like to have the lights out and have my paper white down on like almost the minimum light. And I like to read when I first wake up in the morning. And sometimes I read while we're watching shows and I can't read on paper doing those things because I don't have an external light. I don't want to turn on an external light. So I was thinking, well, if I want to reread this trilogy, which I'm feeling like I really do, then... I should read it in ebook, but it's like $26 to buy all three books that I already own. 
So I threw it up on there on Facebook and Twitter saying, is this just ridiculous? And it was an avalanche. I mean, obviously it was my tribe out there, but it was just this avalanche of everybody saying, no, I do it all the time. My favorite books I own in print, ebook, audio. And that way I can read them in any mode whenever I want to. And I mean, isn't that amazing? Isn't that a cool community to be a part of that people are like, yeah, I'll buy the same book several times. And they're like, you know, you're and you're supporting the author. I don't know that Jacqueline Carey necessarily needs my help, but uh, yeah, she she got her percentage and so did um, Tor. I believe it's Tor. It was Macmillan, but I think it's you know, the Tor imprint at Macmillan. So, so I am commencing on that reread. I also did my um, initial pass on the books in uh, the Vivian Awards, RWA's new award for published books. I read my first five where we just read the first chapter or the prologue in the first chapter. And, and it's basically a thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, should this book even go on? And, and in some ways I felt like it, it was partly a response to in the past when it was the Rita Award, we had so many books that were just basically unreadable that, you know, it, it did crowd the contest with stuff that, you know, it was like, not only would this book never win, it's probably just not even going to get in the realm of possibility. So, you know, and a lot of times it was like things like punctuation and so forth. So I, um, I read my first chapters and I gave yeses to go on to four of them and only one of them I did not. And that was, a. Uh, it was kind of a hard decision to make because it wasn't badly written in that. And like some I've read, I've read some where, you know, like they use the wrong words and the punctuations all over the place and the spelling's terrible and all that kind of thing. This thing was technically correct. But um, it was just all over the place. It didn't have a good shape. It was very stream of consciousness. And it felt like it was a newer writer still trying to get their chops. It was also funny because this was not a criterion. And so I tried not to let it affect me. But it was entered in the erotic romance category. And while there were references to sexy times and the POV character has a lover, a boyfriend that she goes out with, and then they they go to it was closed door sex. <laughs> it, was, it was like she's like, yeah, and then we had a, a great evening, and you know, I felt much better in the morning. Something I meant was like seriously closed door sex, and I thought, wow, you know, I understand if maybe what she's working up towards is that you know, because it was clear she didn't really like this boyfriend, you know, it's like, well, you know, she's going to be with someone else and then it will uh, get into being more erotic after that point. But I thought, you know, readers of erotic romance, probably, you know, like you have closed door sex in the first chapter, it's probably not going to fly. But that was not, I, I, that was not one of the questions we had to answer, like five questions, yes or no. And that was, so it was not a criterion, but it was interesting to think about. I was just like, you know, it's just the story's not gelling. It's too much all over the place. And so I ended up saying no's on that one. Uh, I think I gave one yes 
I can't remember what it was. Oh, I think there was a question on like, is it punctuated correctly? Are there fewer than five spelling errors? And I was like, yeah, you know, technically it's correct. But, you know, it's interesting to look at, to parse it out. And it's like, there's so much more to what makes a book good. And it was okay for a little while. And then it was the shapelessness that really, um, it just meandered way too much, especially for our first chapter. It was just, yeah. so, you know, speaking of beginnings, right? Mentioning that about Jacqueline Carey, um, you know, she she really delves into her backstory at the beginning of the book, and and she's brilliant. I mean, she's one of my favorite authors, and I think her world building in that in that whole series is incredible. I love the world she's built, and I love the mythology, blah blah blah, the mythology that she's built. But it's funny that she puts so much of it at the very beginning. And yeah, not exactly a, a model to follow, alas. But I am looking forward to my reread, and I have been reading it on my paperwhite. So, so yes, I have ventured into the the realm of having. I don't know. Maybe I'll start moving a lot of my print books onto ebook, just because. You know, it's funny how we all sort of pick our modality, but I just don't read on print if I can help it. So. I should probably, I should do this while I'm online. Well, no, I'll post photos. I got a new stack of books from St. Martin's. I'll show you guys. Um, so I got a copy of Kate Bateman's The Princess and the Rogue. St. Martin sends me like a box full of books um, each month of their new releases. Here is Emily March, Eternity Springs, The McBrides of Texas. Very nice mountain background there. Uh, Caitlin Cruz, Secret Nights with a Cowboy. Um, Sophie Sullivan, Ten Rules for Faking It. It was a big box. Opal Carew, Stroke of Luck. Nice man titty on that cover. Two more here. It was, a, like I said, a big box. Um, Mary Janice Davidson, Truth, Lies, and Second Dates, which is interesting that it has an airplane cover. Kind of intriguing cartoon cover. And then Jenny Ashcroft, Meet Me in Bombay, which has a nice little sheen to the cover. I, I'm holding it up. It's got sort of like a watercolor uh, I would have said Venice, but clearly it's Bombay. Um, and But then the, the font is done in a slightly iridescent font. Not unlike my earrings for the day. So I don't know much about this book. This one's a hardback. But so I will check these out. Uh, if any of these are appealing to you, let me know. I'll probably just send one or more to you. Uh, happy to share and to get them out of the pile in my office. So I'll decide if I want to read any, but I'm happy to pass them along. So let me know if you want any of those. Um, my Dark Wizard Revisions coming along just fine. Uh, enjoying this book. I, I really love this book in this world. And it seems like I was going to talk about one other thing. It's tickling the edge of my memory. I was thinking about, oh, it was funny. So 
I don't remember where I was going. Oh, Sunday, when I went out, when Megan Mulry tempted me out, and I went and had bubbly by the campfire. I had my iPod, my iPod, my phone on shuffle, listening to it through the car stereo, and Mozart's 40th came on. And I have always loved Mozart's 40th. And so I turned it way up and was listening to it. And I was remembering how much I listened to that in college. That I, and I should, if I were a real classical music geek, I would be able to tell you like which symphony is playing it and so forth. But I don't know. I remember the cover was yellow. I could probably look it up, but I'm not going to. Uh, anyway, I I love Mozart's 40th. There's something about it. I love the the brightness of the leaping over notes. And like I said, I'm not a music geek, so I'm probably not talking about it correctly. And then there's that wonderful kind of counterpoint of the darker strings in the background that are, as the upper notes are leaping, that they're coming down and going, and yeah, I just love that symphony. And it reminded me of when I was in college, a friend of mine who was um, a graphic artist and someone I was very close to and he had a he was a very comp contemplative person and so he would ask unusual questions sometimes and he asked me what I thought my theme music would be and I said Mozart's 40th and he said no that doesn't count <laughs> I was like why why doesn't that count and and he said no that that's not the sort of thing that would be a person's theme music or something along those lines. I was so perplexed by that. He said, what if you're walking around campus, um, you know, like going to class, what music is playing in the back of your mind? And I was like, Mozart's 40th. <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't making that up or like trying to sound erudite because you guys know I'm like, I'm not the person who, if you ask me what book is on my bedside table, that I'll say, oh, A Tale of Two Cities. You know, I'm I'm going to be very honest about what I consume. And for some reason, Mozart's 40th has always felt like the personification of of how my thoughts are. And, you know, and for I'm sure I would even go back and ask him why he said that at this point, except I'm sure he doesn't even remember the conversation, right? It doesn't. It's one of those things that would stick in my mind and not his. And But I do kind of want to go back and say, why? Why doesn't that count as a theme song? Why would you tell someone that their theme song doesn't count? So I ask you all, what would be your theme song? What is your theme music? Is it really weird that I picked Mozart's 40th? I mean, I would pick different songs for like different moods. You know, back when we were doing the those like Facebook quizzes before we figured out that they were, you know, like total security hacks, you know, like I got, you know, when you do like, what pink song are you? You know, my pink song was So What? And I thought, yeah, you know, that's absolutely my pink song. Um, you know, so I have certainly other favorite songs, but I don't know. It's a funny thing. So uh, I think with that, I will go on my way, get on with Revising Dark Wizard. Uh, I hope that you all have a fantastic Tuesday. I hope that you are um, able to focus on those things that you can control. There's a lot going on right now that we can't control. I'm still thinking about that two-minute tip. How do I explain in two minutes how to get life balance? And I touched on this at the beginning. I should have, I didn't circle back to that. You know, when 
the world is in chaos and there's so much stuff going on. How do you, how do you focus on work? How do you deal? You know, and, and I was explaining this to, to someone yesterday. I was saying, you know, you did your part. You went out and you voted, you contributed. This is someone I know contributed a lot of money to the, to flipping this, the race in Georgia, flipping the Senate. You know, I said, you, you did your part. You, you did what you could do. And we put the leaders in place that we want to handle this situation. And now we have to trust them to handle the situation. And, you know, there's not much we can do at this point. You know, if you're not going to go to Washington and take up a, you know, a body shield and help that way, which probably wouldn't be advisable, you know, then what, there's nothing wrong with just focusing on your own life. In fact, that's what we need to do focus on what you can control. So uh, that's my wish for all of you today, that you find something that gives you joy that you can control. I will remind you that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, and you'll find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all again on Thursday. Take care. Bye-bye.